This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council. And we're back. Here we have the Heroic Council. We're waiting on partial for right now. So we'll she's having trouble getting in, she said. Um, <laughs> Oh no, it's almost as if she it's locked her out. Ustream <laughs> has set some boundaries and is not allowing Parshall in. Yes. That's terrible. Um oh, all right. man. well, in the meantime, I guess we can set up the context for the conversation. Um uh, how did this topic come about? We we came about the topic of boundaries. Um, how did that come up? Yeah, well, I mean, part of it's what I'm hearing a lot of feedback from clients and from people I'm doing trainings with. And people are just expressing to me across the board that during COVID and working from home, that they feel like they don't have any boundaries. Uh, it's causing to stress, burnout, overwhelm. Um, and, you know, there's really hardly any boundaries anymore between home life and work life. We're working more total hours. We're responding 24 seven, just all the time on our devices. And it's just leading to a lot of stress. So we thought this is a good topic that affects people who have, you know, worked from home for their whole careers, but definitely for people who are working from home for the first time ever. And while we've been at this about a year now, it still feels like a huge adjustment. Got it. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's interesting cause I've been working from home for a while and, um, the the boundaries thing for me hasn't really changed all that much on a professional level, uh, with the exception of the introduction of like a, an infant in the house and how that uh, you know disrupts the boundaries. So I think for people who have you know maybe a particularly active home life during the day, um, that that might be sort of a, a bigger sort of de- delineating thing between boundaries at uh, of home and work. I also think the the entrepreneur community that we we serve here at the Heroic Council uh, primarily are people who more and more are in the position where they maybe aren't observing or setting proper boundaries because it's like, especially working at home, it's like your desk is right there. Mm-hmm. Always time to work on something. Do you guys both experience that where you're like, you feel like you could always just do a little bit of work? Oh, Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I I, like yesterday, you know, it's technically a holiday and, you know, we're still kind of being COVID safe and not getting together with a lot of people, but it, it was, I was like, oh gosh, it's technically Easter and I'm sitting outside working. Now, granted, I removed my physical boundary and took my laptop outside and got to enjoy the great weather. But yes, you definitely feel like, oh, there's always time to do to do more. And, you know, for me, my husband's the same way. So we're, we're both guilty of that in our household. Got it. Tim, what about you? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I actually was thinking earlier, I was like, have I had serious boundary? Like, have I had serious boundary issues since we started the pandemic? Um, I feel like it's a week to week thing and a client to client thing. Cause I work with a lot of different clients. So sometimes I'll have clients who I kind of struggle to maintain like good boundaries with them. And, and it kind of like, I feel like I'm always working and sometimes I don't. So yeah, I guess the answer would be, I do run into that problem, but I, it's not super consistent with me. Um, well, while we're waiting for Parshel, who I, I think is still having trouble getting in, I'll just take us and run with the boundaries conversation for a little bit. Um, 
So when I, I think about the entire conversation around, you know, boundaries as a concept, and it kind of delineates into two separate camps, there's sort of like your physical boundaries, like actually establishing a space that has, you know, parameters and, and, and guardrails to kind of keep you into it. Uh, and then I think there's sort of like an emotional boundaries sort of thing, or like, you know, when you're interacting with a client, for instance, like setting boundaries of like what is and is not acceptable in terms of like being contacted at different hours or how we're going to talk to one another. So like there's kind of these two separate uh, sort of like the physical and the ethereal boundaries, one that's more nebulous and one that's more tangible. So I guess starting a bit during the like the the actual physical boundaries might be a good place to start. We've talked a lot about your workspace. We brought on an expert about that. And we've talked about like that whole thing. Um, Sarah, have you taken any steps? I know your, your workspace is beautiful and your book's color coded. How have you gone about addressing your physical space to create boundaries so that you can have your time to work, get enough done, and then feel like you can actually detach from it? Yeah, well, one thing that's critical to remember for those of us that used to work in an office or go to go to work um, was that we had a transition, we had a commute. So we naturally got in the car and transitioned from home and work and then back to home again. And when that's not happening, you do feel like you can just be working all the time. So I actually started using dinner as my commute. Um, I'm making dinner now, so I have to physically leave my office, which is a, a extra spare bedroom we had in our home. And I go downstairs and I physically make dinner. And for me, that's really the replacing the time of the commute. So I feel like when that happens, my workday is over and I'm transitioning mm -hmm. into my evening time. Um, a funny tip I've heard from people is that if you have a glass of wine with dinner or whatever beverage of choice or substance of choice you enjoy that you maybe won't email or text clients after that fact. So I know some people are using um, legal and illegal substances, depending on what state you're in and alcohol to determine when your boundary is over for the day. So I think that's kind of funny, but also it's an interesting thing that we feel like we need something that says I'm done for the day. hundred <laughs> percent. And I actually think it's really smart to have that sort of like signaling to your, to yourself of like, Oh, work time is done. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, like a good spoonful of black tar heroin really stops the book <laughs> dead in its uh -huh. track. Um, either that or like a glass of whiskey, or one or the other, it's, you pick your poison, you know? Um, but but people, I, and people are saying in the pandemic, like, I'm drinking more. I mean, well, that's part of the reason why, honestly, yeah. is because yeah. you are needing to tell yourself, I can no longer be working. Yeah. Well, I know for, so, and, and I think Tim, uh, of, of the people on the call, I think Tim might be the most like me in this sense, but I'm very momentum driven in my work. So like, I don't, I, I, if I get going, like I can just go, like I will forego sleep, food, possibly even bathroom breaks, just cause I'm like locked in, especially if it's something that's, you know, highly detail oriented and I can get into like the designing of like a, a slide deck or something. I can just lock into it and the momentum goes. So anything that breaks that momentum is akin to like almost like a car crash, right? Cause like everything stops. It's not like it just slows down and I can pick it back up. It's like, hard stop. So like the having a drink, sitting down and watching like, you know, Netflix with the wife, you know, helping put the baby to bed, whatever it might be. Those things are like car crashes to my productivity. So I, you know, it could sound really bad, but it's also really nice because then I don't feel like the draw to come back. So I'm like, I know how much work it takes to like, keep it up and going. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing about physical space in your home is is having a physical space. Like, I'm blessed to have a room that I can shut the door and signal to my puppy and my husband <laughs> that I'm still working. But at the same time, you know, not everybody ha has that luxury. I, I realize that, that I'm, I'm grateful to have that. But one thing I recommend to people is like setting up shop at the kitchen counter. That's not helpful, right? You're really yep. in the central throwaway of your home <laughs> trying to be productive and get work done when really you're signaling to everybody like mom or dad's here and we're ready to help you with whatever you need. And so naturally the kids are going to say, you know, I need a snack. I'm hungry. Well, yes, that's because you're sitting in the kitchen saying I'm here for you. And I think even if you don't have a room, it's about having a, a physical space, a desk, a, a corner of the sofa that signals to your family and young kids especially when when dad's in this space it's a signal that i'm not you know i'm i'm busy i've got my headphones on you know little things like that can really signal to others um that it's your time to to be productive yeah 100 percent. well i want to turn it over to Parshal as uh as our host of the episode glad to see the the internet started cooperating with you and you could come on to to do the hosting thing um i have to step away from my desk for approximately three minutes to go and check on something uh we're having our house painted so i gotta go look at something um unanticipated that it would happen at this very moment but <laughs> hero council take it away without me i'll be back <laughs> No, I love this because Sarah, you're talking about like signals, which are really good things. I mean, I think I mentioned before, like I have like a little light. Um, I actually should have it on right now, but the tech issues earlier kind of like messed up my flow with that. But I have like a little light that I put outside that turns on and it's red and it lets my girlfriend know, do not come in here, basically. Yeah. So um, I love that, like you're saying, presenting these as signals. So what other... I know that there's some things that you kind of talk about in terms of the types of boundaries that we can be set. So, um, yeah. Well, the other come to mind. Yeah, the other big one is coordinating time with your significant other, with your roommate, with your family. So saying, you know. I get my puppy to daycare specifically during this podcast and I coordinate getting him to daycare with my husband. Who's going to drop him off? Who's going to pick him up? What time? What do you have going on today? You know, we want to make sure that we really sync up the night before so we know what's most important to each other for the next day. And we don't bug each other during that time. And we make sure in our case that the puppy is handled during that time. You know, if, if you've got an important meeting if you've got time where you, you know, your kids are home from school, that's just time to coordinate with your spouse or your significant other. Um, really, what's non-negotiable for you the next day? Mm. What are your most critical meetings? You know, you can answer emails at night, sitting on the sofa probably while the, you know, the kids are running around. But if you're presenting to, you know, a corporate training for 300 people, well, that's a time you want to make sure everything's handled. So it's just really about taking that step the night or the day before to coordinate with your significant other. And I think that's really important. And your significant other could be a roommate, you know, but also, you know, you need to know when the house is going to be quiet. That's a really good point. I mean, and, and having that time, is that something that you do on a regular basis or is it day to day when you do that coordination with your, with your husband? 
Yeah, we do it the night before. Um, and also it affects what car we drive and what car we leave home because the dog is better in the one car, you know? So it sounds like you're really breaking it down, but it's a simple five minute conversation. What are you going on tomorrow? What are your major things? What are we doing with the dog? Are there any like contractors coming over? Tim has a painter at his house right now. Um, so it's just about kind of juggling the puzzle pieces and making sure that we're both getting what we need out of our work time um, so we can accomplish our most important goals. Mm -hmm. Now, Tim, do you do anything like that? Do you actually structure out your and plan out and communicate that in your household too in that way? Just um, yeah, generally, because um, uh, uh, me and my fiance, we have um, different days off like she'll work some weekends and i never work on the weekends and when she works on the weekend she's usually off monday and tuesday and we live in a one-bedroom apartment so um so generally like for instance she's off today i have a podcast today you know in the morning she's like oh what do you have what, what do you have on the schedule today and i'm like oh i got a podcast at two that's my only meeting you know what i mean the rest of the day i'm just working on this stuff and um and vice versa because she'll she'll work at home periodically and so she has to take calls at home so we organize like which room are you going to be in which room am i going to be in um, uh, yeah, so, uh, communication is definitely, definitely important. Um, otherwise she'd probably be work walking in here right now. Yeah. And there's yeah. so much more time that is like open to us, right? I, uh, Sarah, I know that you have some, some thoughts about that commute time, the time where we usually would be out on the road, like what's available to us now with yeah. like, how to make that transition. Yeah, when we actually, unfortunately, we were just talking about it when you hopped on. <laughs> so we, we kind of got through that one, but quickly I was just saying, you know, we used to commute and get in the car and, and transition. And now when, we're, when we don't have that time, work and home become this kind of jumbled mess. And there isn't a boundary of it's my work time, it's my home time, it's my family time. So using a transition period is great. Using that physical space is, is great as well. And then using time, I would say time's really the other thing. This might be more relevant to something that you need to coordinate with your boss or your team, but it's really important for the team members to know that, you know, after 6 p.m., I'm no longer going to be checking email. That's my time with my family. Or, uh, you know, I'm an early riser. And if you email me at midnight, I'm sleeping, but I'll respond to you at 6, 7 in the morning. So it's really just about coordinating with the team on these are my boundaries of time, when I'm going to be working, when I'm going to be answering email, when I'm available on Slack. So I think those... Uh, communication of time boundaries is really important as well. Gotcha. Hmm. What other things, uh, can you talk a little bit more than anything else that comes to mind around like uh, ways to, ways to, to kind of organize and to see your time? Because what I'm hearing is like, you know, it's even more of a boundary where time can help us, right? So at this time, this happens. At this time, that happens. And you're communicating that in a certain way to your team, your family, yourself. Everybody yeah. needs to be on this meeting, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. And this is also what I like to say is, is giving people a sandbox to play in, right? For the most part, people want to do the right thing. Like, I don't want to overstep a boundary with any of you. That would never be my intention. 
But if you don't really tell me what your boundary is, how do I how do I know that, you know, texting Jeff at 10 o'clock at night is OK? Well, because he's responded to me at 10 o'clock at night before. How do I know that texting him at six in the morning is not OK? Because he's told me that he doesn't get up that early. Right. So we've over time developed these communication you know protocols that we have with each other and it doesn't even have to be as formal as a, as a protocol necessarily but we listen to one another and pay attention to that's a signal i'm giving to someone if i i say this a lot with people who have clients right if you respond to emails at all hours for the client you're teaching them the behavior that it's okay to respond to you at that time or for them to reach out to you at this time so a lot of this is setting a really good example of how you want others to behave towards you as well you have to then behave in that way and so again i like to say you know most people want to do the right thing they want to be respectful but you really have to create the sandbox in which you're really allowing people to to play with you in the sandbox <laughs> Yeah. And what I just heard from you too, is that you should play in the sandbox too. Like don't yes. the sandbox and then you don't like stick to what you said you were doing. Yeah. I'm not going to reply to you at nine o'clock at night, but I'll email you all the time. No, that's not okay. So. Right. Well, what are some ways to actually communicate this? Cause now we're, you know, talking about how to actually do that in a way that um, is respectful. And it's something that is coming from almost like, this is what I need. Like when I hear about boundaries, it's like, this is what I need in order for me to do my best or for me to be at peace within whatever is supposed to happen. So um, what are some other ways to sort of communicate those boundaries? Yeah. Well, one thing I hear a lot is I, I couldn't set boundaries. Boundaries are mean. I feel guilty if I have boundaries, like evil people have boundaries. No, the most successful people in the world have really good boundaries. And I think the the misconception is that you have to be mean to have boundaries, but really the way that you communicate your boundaries is all about delivery. I can say to you, I'm not answering my email after six o'clock and have an attitude about it. Or I can say something like, you know, I'm really not my best self late in the day. My brain's kind of busy, fried from the day. I'd really prefer to respond to you in the morning. I'm going to digest this email and get back to you then. Right? Like, great. So there's really kind and simple ways that you can communicate your boundaries, but I, I think it's all in the delivery. Yeah, actually, let me just chime in on that real quick, because I have a very relevant and real example. So uh, I am not a morning person, as Sarah alluded to. And uh, every morning I drive my wife to work. And that drive may take anywhere from, say, 10 minutes to 15 minutes. So it's a small window of time that we have in the morning. And often during those drives, my wife will ask me questions or talk to me about things that's going on at work with her. And every once in a while, will ask me for my advice on how to handle a particular situation with maybe um, one of their clients or one of her teammates or something like that. And she'll ask me sometimes a very, very complex question with like a lot of like moving parts about a thing at, you know, 7.45 a.m. And I will often have to remind her, and this is a woman who like I have been married to now for three years and, you know, been together with since 2014. And I'll have to say, babe, um, I just I, I don't have the mental capacity right now to be able to answer the question that you're asking me. Can we maybe talk about this like after I've had my first cup of coffee, let's say. And um, so, you know, even in your your most intimate relationships, you may have to be able to set those boundaries. And I think when you're dealing with a client, you can still bring that same level of like respect and care to that relationship when letting them know like, hey, I don't really do my best work in the morning. I want to be able to give you a great answer. Would we be able to do this, say, around noon? 
And next time, if you need something like that, be sure to let me know the night before. I'll be in a better headspace, and I could probably give you an answer by the following morning. So mm-hmm. I think uh, a lot of this is around, uh, like when when the two of you were talking about, um, you know, the the communication aspect of this, and and Sarah, you said expectations. I think at one point, uh, it made me think like these are this is brand and culture intersecting, right? So your brand is like what you stand for, your own boundaries, you're setting kind of like, here's the frame of me. And then you've got like the culture, like the way it is around here, right? So like the culture of my business is I don't do early morning stuff. Like I don't even start till 10. Um, So like, I think being clear on like what your brand is and what your culture is, and then communicating that with people in it kind of in the context of that conversation around like being mean by setting boundaries. I think you're just saying like, here's how I do my best work. And here's, here's how I work. Cool with that? Cool with that. And I think good client relationships will typically go, oh, okay, great. That's how you work. Got it. And I think, again, this goes, oh, sorry, really quick. This goes back to the rules in the sandbox, right? Like most people want to be respectful of this. Most people want to have you at your best, right? Especially like if I'm paying you as a a vendor, like I want your best work and your best time. If you're saying that doesn't happen until after 10, like, okay, great. Like I want, I want your best self. So sorry, Tim, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's funny, Jeff, because that example you just had about like uh, communicating with your significant other stuff, like that exact thing just literally happened to me and it happened with a client too. But in this circumstance, my uh, fiance and I have been working on like merging our finances and uh, we just uh, like, we haven't had a weekend like that we've been able to do it because she's either working or we've been on some family stuff. Um, and so like we've been working on the weeknights and unlike Jeff, I can't work at late at night. You know what I mean? As soon as like, like eight o'clock hits, like after I'm done cooking, like my brain just shuts off and I get really like crabby if I have to do anything like cognitively overloading. And so like she was trying to work on the financing stuff and I got like so far and I just kind of started whining like a baby about about doing it. And then and then later I was like, hey, look, like let's just make sure we get this done and we like an hour a night so we don't have to, you know what I mean? And then because I, I, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. As you bring that up, it made me think that a a weekend recently, uh, Erica wakes up and she's a morning person. So like she's, but before I'm even awake, she's got a to-do list. I think Sarah, I was telling you about this. So she had a to-do list. I like open my eyes and she's like, okay, so today we have to do this and we have to do this and we have to do this. And I was wondering, what what color do you think we should get the paint? And it was like all these things. And I was like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to need to revisit this in at least an hour. Yeah. I know you have a whole to-do list. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> it, it's totally me. And yesterday, I hope he's watching because sometimes he is. My husband, he golf was on yesterday and he had some money on a particular golf game, I believe. <laughs> I'm guessing. And um he he's like, I'm I'm talking and I, I I'm not paying attention to the golf. I don't know that this is like a pinnacle moment in this tournament. And he's just like, and I go did you hear anything I said? He's like, no, I totally tuned you out. Like I just, (laughs) I needed to watch the golf, but I think it's funny. Right. And that's, I think it's, it's funny. We can laugh about it, but in relationships with your spouse or at work, right? Like this is really important because we need to know, like when he's watching golf, I need to know that actually golf's the way that he rests and recharges on the weekend and he deserves that time it's kind of unfair of me when i know this happens every sunday to come at him with some things and actually needed him to proofread something so i needed his full attention um at the same time you know i'm he he's more of an extrovert i'm more of an introvert and so we recharge 
differently. And so again, I think this is just about communicating and sharing. I need an hour or I, I need this time for myself right now, or I, I'm, I'm too busy in this moment. I, I want to, I want to revisit this later. And it's, again, it's the way that you deliver it. I wouldn't say the way he delivered it. I'm watching golf right now is possibly ideal. Um, but <laughs> there's a, he, we laughed about it and he did deliver it in a very kind and funny way, but mm. it's uh that delivery of the communication is super important. Mm. Yeah. And I, I assume this is why all of our partners are still our partners is because they, they appreciate and they listen and they accept the fact that we have these boundaries and we communicate them. And when we were talking before, like if we say to a client, Hey, I don't work before this time or after this time, or I don't answer emails in the evening or on weekends or whatever. And that client doesn't respect those boundaries. You know, you actually don't have a particularly good client relationship there because they're not willing to, um, uh, to respect the boundaries that you've clearly set, which again, these are not like, not necessarily. I mean, unless your boundaries are like ridiculous, like I, I don't answer any emails. I don't ever answer the phone. If you need to get in touch with me, use a carrier pigeon. Like if that's your boundaries. Then like, okay, you're a little far out of bounds. Right. Can I actually pose a question on that? Yeah, of course. So um, what, what would you say to like, you know, somebody who's like newer in their career and they're trying to prove themselves um, and they want to show like, oh, I can be here for you and that kind of thing, um, whether it's their boss or their clients or whatever. Like, what would you say to them as far as like setting boundaries if they if they want to to look like they're 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 really on top of things and that they're a hard worker? So I have a very strong opinion about that. But uh, Parshel or Sarah, do you want to chime in on that um, before I like come with my extremely opinionated take on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that your biggest uh, <coughs> biggest asset you're bringing to the table, even if you are just getting started, is your ability to do what you said that you would do. And I think that that mm. is that overrides like, you know, if, if you're going to do what you say you're going to do, then how you communicate and how you express your boundaries and what you need, I think is still a really great aspect to, or, you know, to include in your process, even as you're getting started, because you'd rather mm. have that as a foundation so that way you're always able to do your best work. Yeah, mm. I, I totally agree with Parshall. And I've managed a lot of people and a lot of different character types over the years. And I always knew the best workers, the ones that produced, the ones that got their work done, like the cream rises to the top. And I knew it. You did not have to be working at midnight to show me that you were a high producer, right? You could mm -hmm. do that in the confines of the, the normal work day. Alternatively, I had other people who said, oh, I worked till seven o'clock, you know, last night. Can I come in at 11 today, tomorrow? It's like, no, like if you're nickel and diming the process, that says something about you and your culture. And like I said, the, the the best employees were the ones who were just like, I got all this done. And then I'm like, oh, if you want to leave early, go ahead. Like you got you got the right things done today. So I think uh, don't worry about it so much. But to Parshall's point too, like produce, do what you said you're going to do. And that should take care of itself. Jeff? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I am... Uh... I am fervently in belief that you should set your boundaries the minute you begin your career. You should understand, and, and like you may not always know them, but from the very outset, you are training people how to interact with you. And you are not only that, defining for yourself what you're willing to accept. And I think that we have a problem where we encourage too many young people that are just getting into their career to bend over backwards to, to uh, you know, to 
basically uh, do anything they can for somebody else who wouldn't pay them that same respect. And I just don't think that that's the good way to start out a work relationship. I think that you should come out of the gate and let people know how you're going to do your best work, what your expectations are, and then you should do your best work. And I think kind of to the point of what Sarah was saying is um, if, if somebody expects something of you, you're young in your career and they expect you to do a thing and they say, we expect you to do it by tomorrow at the end of day and you working a reasonable number of hours within your boundaries doesn't allow for that to happen, then it's an unreasonable request. It's you are not obligated mm. as a person in the work world to do things that are unreasonable simply because someone requested of you. And I think the earlier in your career, you get clear on what you will and won't do and what's reasonable and what's not reasonable. And this doesn't mean like you can just be like a diva and like just never do anything. Like I'm not encouraged <coughs> that. I'm simply saying like, if you know, for instance, that you work a certain way, say that. And let people know, be open about it. You may have to still do things that you don't want to do. If you, like, if you have a job, let's say, like not working for yourself, there's going to be things you have to do that you don't want to do. But if you're working for yourself, especially tell everybody how you're going to do your best work and then do your best work. And the, the right clients will continually gravitate towards you and the wrong ones will fall off. And you will in 10 years, thank yourself for setting the boundaries early. If I could have learned that lesson, like back at the beginning of my career, I would be further along than I am now. And like, like you said briefly earlier, it's also like a bit of a discovery process because like, it's, it's hard to know like what, what's, what's a good boundary and what isn't. Mm -hmm. um, Cause one is hard to know what you need. It's sometimes it's even hard to know what's reasonable. Um, so I imagine there's a, there's like a, a potentially painful exploration process there that needs to happen. Well, yeah, it's sort of like, you know, in the beginning of your career, if I said, Hey, I need you to edit a hundred photos. Yeah. And like, it was like, I need you to color correct him and like, you know, uh, the contrast and shading, right? You might go, oh yeah, I can totally do that by tomorrow. And then you start out doing it and you're like, oh my God, there's no way. Yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Tomorrow. Right. So there is a certain learning process there, but I, I, still, I still believe you should set the boundary. Like even you saying yes is setting a boundary. It's just doing it very poorly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I think you should always be setting a boundary and then testing against that. Could I have done it? Did I not do it? Is this what I want? Is this not what I want? And you should be adjusting it along the way because we're dynamic, you know, creatures. We're, we're not like a static thing. Like the person I was as a professional in 2014 is not who I am today. But I do think that um, this, the, I think to your original question, which is that posture of like, yes, like the yes, I can. Yes, I'll do yeah, that. Yeah. You should not always be a yes. I think you could be like a no, but here's what I could do or like a yes and sort of, you know, improv sort of mindset of it, like, a, you know, without invalidating what you're asking, let me tell you what I can do. Um, but I certainly wouldn't be like a, an automatic yes. Mm. I also think people don't realize that they're allowed to say, let me think about it, or let me see, I'll get back to you. So we feel as if it's black and white, we have to say yes, we have to say no. And yeah. if we say yes, we're saying yes to every single part of it, the deadline, the the, the project, whatever it is. And I, I really try to coach people on say, let me think about that. And then go do your due diligence that you need, take it 24 hours, and then go back and say, I gave this some some thought, this is important to me, I value this project. This is what I think I can do, you know, to, to support this along the way, but you don't feel pressured into saying yes, just because someone asked you to, you know, saying you'll think about it is very appropriate in most situations. Mm. I think we have it's also, it's, Sorry, actually, it sounds more appreciated too. Like, as you just said that for somebody to come, come back and say, you know what, I thought about what you said, 
Like I gave it some attention and yeah. here's, here, here, here's my best response, you know, as opposed to, you know, having something to be called for on right in the, right in the moment, you know, but it's almost like with, with what I'm hearing with all of these situations with boundaries, whether it's with your family or your coworkers <laughs> or your client or whatever, it's like, it's worse if you do not <laughs> set these boundaries like, across the board, yeah. like to do it or not. It's like, it's always going to be that I should have did that. You know, I should have set more clear boundaries. So yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Sarah? Well, I think leaders and, and family members, no one can read your mind, right? You think that your facial expression is being crystal clear. And because you made a little smirk, everyone knows what you're thinking and what you want. Like, no, if you don't want chicken for dinner, you need to say you don't want chicken for dinner. Or, like, I can't take on that project. You need to say these things. And we're so afraid of that. But you know, as the leader, it's really important to be crystal clear about the boundaries that you're communicating to your team too, and, and what that project entails and when you expect a response, when you expect to have this done, what's gonna make that project successful. So I think it's really the responsibility of the person doing the ask to clearly communicate, this is what I'm expecting of you. And then it's the person receiving that to say, okay, you know, let me think about it or, and let me communicate those boundaries back. So it, it really is a, is a two way street, but I think it's helpful to keep in mind, like no one can read your mind. And if you think you've communicated it clearly, maybe go one or two layers deeper and communicate it better, even better than you think you need to. Like you can't really over communicate. <laughs> Yeah. And one, one other thing I want to point out about that is when you were talking about, you know, uh, people don't often say, let me think about it, or I don't know, those sort of uh, like holding patterns or, or even, even on a, on a stronger level saying no to something. I think the issue is that people catastrophize things <laughs> in their head. And I think that's kind of what underlies that mindset in early in your career. Like I can't say no to this because what if I lose it all? What if they just decide to go with somebody else? What if, what if, what if it's all these what ifs, right? So I think if you understand that that's the case, that people have a tendency to catastrophize and they don't say no for that reason. And they don't say, I don't know, or they don't say, let me think about it. And they're quick to say, yes. Do you understand that? Then Understand that saying no is a sign of confidence to people. It's a sign to people that you know what you're doing and you're willing to respect your own time and boundaries. So at any time I've ever said no to a prospect, to a client, to whatever, it reasserts that I have a seat at this table. I am not here to do your bidding. I am here to partner with you and bring my best. So when I say, I don't know, or when I say, let me get back to it, it also adds weight to when I say yes. So if I say, I know about that thing, I'm not BSing you because I've already shown you I'm willing to say no, or I don't know, or let me think about it. So I think that that's another thing that's worth considering for people that when you're encountering a situation where you have the, the opportunity to set a boundary and you're in your mind coming up with all of these ideas of what could happen if you say no, or if you say, I don't know, or if you say, I, let me think about it, you're thinking the worst thing that could happen. Understand that by saying that what's actually probably happening in the other person's mind is they're going, wow, this person, and this is what Parshel said before. It's like, this person's taking the time to actually think about it. They're not just going to BS me and say yes and tell me what I want to hear. They're actually going to be thoughtful about it. This person has stature. This person has expertise. This person, whatever, right? So it actually communicates the opposite of what you're probably thinking. And I think in the situations yeah. where it doesn't, and it does lead to catastrophe, you're dealing with somebody who doesn't actually want your best. They just want somebody who's subservient to them. Or they're, they're, they just haven't had that bad experience with somebody who like says, yes, 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 and then doesn't deliver, right? Like, 
um it's like the the thing is like like oh you could pay a lot cheaper but you're gonna get the result that you know you're gonna get a cheaper result kind of thing yeah yeah i also think it's important to not be wishy-washy in those and that's a very technical term i'm using wishy-washy um but i think it's when we're vague when we're unclear that leaves that room for interpretation right so if you say i don't know this project could cost anywhere from five thousand to ten thousand dollars well i promise your clients hearing ten thousand or five thousand they're hearing the lower amount and you're knowing that you told them a higher amount, right? So now you're 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 kind of leaving room for interpretation of what this project is. Where when you go in and say, "This is what it is, strong. I, this is my cost. This is my timeline. This is my boundary." That is strong, right? And and you're not leaving room for that strange interpretation that can happen because, you know, whatever end of the spectrum you want to be on, that's what you're going to hear. That's so true. And I love it. Like, it's not right or wrong either. It's like, whatever it is that your boundary is, if you are setting it and saying, this is what it is, like, this is what it is. <laughs> like, you I, you can't ever go wrong by saying, you know, because I, when I did, um, you know, some production stuff uh, back in the day, working with like, you know, artists or like well-known people, you know, they have their writer where they have, they list, yeah, we're like fried chicken. We want uh, this many cans of soda. We want a bottle of what have you. And it's like very specific about what they want. It's like, well, if that's what they need to feel comfortable, then we're going to do it. So it's like, as long as you're, you know, actually saying whatever it is that you need, that you want, like nine times out of 10, you will get it. <laughs> Even fried chicken and whatever it is in the green room of a set you know what i mean or whatever so uh it, it can't be right or wrong i i like that that part about it yeah and you're also not making me guess i don't i didn't have to guess that you wanted fried chicken yeah you told me so i got it for you you know i have a, I have a funny story i tell about early on in my career i used to have to go and pick um fresh get fresh apples from, from the grocery store and like make sure they were perfect in, in every lighting in the grocery store i had to pick fresh rose petals from the garden and put them out <clears throat> before customers came in this is a little bit like intense right but i knew what i needed to do and i did it and i succeeded and i you know flourished in that space and ridiculous or not or over the top whatever it is i'm not interpreting the ask. I'm not interpreting that getting fried chicken is a little much. I'm just saying you told me what you wanted and I did it. It's like jump how high mm -hmm. I'll respond to that. And I think that's where if you're a leader, it, that's your responsibility for sure. Um, on the other side, it's worth it to ask. I heard you say this. Is that right? Do you want me to pick fresh rose petals from the garden? I was bleeding yesterday when I did it. But if you want me to do it again, I will. <laughs> right? Fine, I will do it because that's the expectation that you have for me. You're my boss, my leader. So again, I just think it's it's appropriate on all levels to determine, you know, what are we talking about here? Just so we're clear, this is that, this is what it is, this is why we're doing it, and this is the timeline for that. Okay, done. Everybody wins. And then for the team member to be able to say, I'm not picking any more rose petals because my fingers were bleeding. Yeah. So you can either hire someone else or get me some gloves or you can start using tulips instead. But you know, you know what you're getting into, right? And I think that yeah. that's what's important. It's like, you know what, that was really out of my boundaries. And now I know that that's the expectation. I can consciously make the decision to say, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. 
Or you can say, ah, it was just a little prick. I'll do, I'll do it, right? So I think it just, it helps kind of frame this so you know, like, what are we dealing with here? And I think that's, that's really, really important and something that gets missed with boundaries. So true. Now, I'm, I'm, what just came to mind is uh, when it comes to respecting other people's boundaries, like, I, I feel that um, when... I don't know when I when for me when I establish my own boundaries I feel like I'm able to teach other people how to respect mine because I'm uh-huh. you know doing it with them but there's also I think ways that we can of course show and respect other people's boundaries so what tips or advice do you have around that Yeah well and this is about being you know consistent as well and and of course being respectful when, when Jeff says, don't text me at six in the morning, like I need to be respectful of that, right? I'm up at six in the morning, but I wouldn't text him because that's disrespectful of his boundary. If there's something I need to tell him in that moment, because I just can't stand to forget it, I should email it to him and he'll respond when he wakes up or when he can, right? And so that's being respectful. I think when we work with clients, we feel so like hopped up on what would happen if this client was mad at me? What would I do? And it's easy to let these boundaries slip, right? Because you're almost on a, on a, on a back foot with it. And I think that's where it's, if, if you're someone who is faced with a boundary is to be respectful of it, because otherwise you really become a difficult, challenging client when you're just disrespecting boundaries all the time. So one really tactical tip I have is that you can send emails whenever you want. If you're up at three in the morning because you can't sleep and you want to send out some emails, fine, but schedule them to deliver at 9 a.m. So again, if you don't want to have boundaries, have at it, but be respectful of other people's boundaries. And there's a lot of technical tools you can use nowadays to help you do that. And that email uh, app is Boomerang for Gmail. It's amazing. Can I I ask you a question about that? What do you think about just the concept like, for instance, like I, I will have clients email me at 8 p.m., but I'm not going to respond to it till at least 9 a.m. You know what I mean? Like I and and I feel like it, as long as the expectations there that like you can send me an email when you like whenever you want. I'm just not going to respond and like until I'm in my workday. You know? Yeah, and it's about being consistent. I think when on Tuesday night you responded at 8 p.m. and then yeah. Wednesday night you don't. Now I'm like, wait, yeah. last night you responded. So I think that's where and to Jeff's point, I think you have to be kind of kind of careful with this because your behavior is telling others how they can behave towards you. So it's it's not that you're not checking your email. It's not that you're not glancing at your phone, but it's about when are you giving communication back that just, it, it, it says what your boundaries are without saying it. This is an interesting thing. Sorry. I was just going to say this yeah. is interesting because I break boundaries all the time that I set, <laughs> but I set the boundary and the expectation of what it is. So if I decide to then waver on that, that's yeah. my decision. They're still my boundaries. So I do it all the time. Like I generally, there's no expectation that I am going to respond to any emails after 6 p.m. I am definitely not setting any expectations that you will hear from me before 10 a.m. That is not how I roll. But you can expect sometimes that. Yeah, I guess 100%. You're, I mean, like I times that you'll get from me before and you'll hear from me after that time but that doesn't set a new precedent the rule is still there i am not obligated after those points but i break them all the time and i think it's important to communicate when you do something that's out of your boundaries that you exactly. did not your thing right? like hey i don't typically respond to emails but i happen to see it and i was up so 
meh, right? So exactly. as long as you're maintaining the boundary, you can, I think you can bend on them. Oh, for sure. For sure. I just, I've seen it happen where people say, you know, why does the client think that's okay? Well, because you're, you're letting it happen. Yeah. Honestly, you have to be in charge of that narrative for sure. So that's a good point. What are some things to consider then? Because what I hear is like, if your boundaries are, are wavering or you're <laughs> slipping, like what are some things to to do to make sure that, you know, you're solid or that you're giving yourself flexibility as needed? Yeah. Um, what are the things are there to be considered? Well, I think it's important to think about, you know, why are you acting that way? Why are you allowing these boundaries to slip? And maybe there's something that you're afraid of, actually, that's causing you to step outside your boundaries. So maybe your business is in a little bit of a lull right now. And so when your client emails you at midnight, you are like, oh, I'm, I better respond because I'm afraid of not getting their business. So I think when you feel like, oh gosh, my boundaries are out the window and I'm, I, I'm disregarding them, just think about why you're doing that because there's probably mm -hmm. some kind of fear that's causing you to act that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you another thing that I think is a huge one is that I, I think you have to establish the boundaries early rather than along the way. So I'm, I've had conversations, I think, with all of you at some point about the importance of your agreements and your scope of work and your sales process being very, very, very deliberate in what you're saying about setting expectations. Because at the end of the day, if I decide to you know, go outside of my boundaries and then the client decides to come back to me about that whole thing, is like, well, you did it. I'll be like, well, if you consult our scope of work, and the expectations I set in what we both co-signed and agreed to, you'll notice that I'm actually not obligated to respond to anything after 6 p.m. So I, I think the the establishment of like, here's how we will work, and it is at my discretion if I operate outside of those bounds, and it's on the good nature of my heart to be generous with my additional time that's not owed to you, then that's that. But like I, I established very, very strict and rigid boundaries in the beginning because, you know, I, in my own personal hierarchy of things, my family comes first. I'm never going to put work in front of that. So if a client ever asks me for that, I can just say no. And it's written into my contracts. I heard a really nice uh, response from Brene Brown. And I can't remember what the premise was, but someone who was asking her to be on their podcast or, or do a guest appearance, something. And her assistant emailed back something to the effect of, you know, thanks for reaching out. She would love to, but right now her top three priorities are X, Y, Z. I know one of them was her family. She, I think she was writing a book at the time. And so that person, it felt like, oh, they acknowledged me. I wasn't ignored, but she's sharing her boundaries. She's saying, I can't do that right now because I'm prioritizing these other things. And I think that's a, a very human way to do this is let someone into that story and tell them what you're what you're doing right now. I've seen email responses come back to me that say, you know, I'm in the middle of recording a podcast right now, or I'm recording a new video series right now. I've seen another one um, that I've actually started. I asked this person if I could share this to, to use with clients. And it was my work hours might be different than your work hours because I've got little ones at home. You know, I'll, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And it was just like, oh yeah, sharing something like, we're, the struggles are real and different for all of us. But I think if you're comfortable to let people into those little windows, they can actually respect your boundaries even more. You'll find what yeah. works. I tried doing an autoresponder for like several weeks back in like 2014. I just put it on autoresponder. It was like, hey, I'm super busy, so I'm not getting to any emails. I got like three or four responses from people like, yo, that did not sit well with me. And I was like, okay, message yeah. received. But I also think 
think it's about doing it at certain times, right? Like when you're on vacation, it's a, that's okay to say I'm on vacation right now. Or um, again, I think it's about communicating when people can expect to hear back from you. I'm putting up an autoresponder, but that doesn't mean I'm never going to respond to you. Like I really do value your email right now. I'm doing this. You'll expect to hear from me by next Wednesday, like whatever it is. So I think it's just about managing expectations again. Yeah, I can't, uh, I, as, as I'm listening to this, I'm just recognizing just even my, in my own journey that like the, the process has gotten me to the point where I'm saying no, that there are boundaries that are being set, but it's like we discussed, it is a process. Um, and even a process that is like you continue to refine as well as how you work and how you like to work, you know, continues to change and evolve. And this whole 2020 situation, I think, changed up a lot for all of us. So um, I guess we can start to wrap up. So Sarah, if you have any closing thoughts or anyone else from the council have any closing thoughts on the topic? I think it's just important to remember that there's boundaries in so many areas of your life. We often think about work-home balance, and that's the big boundary that everybody wants to talk about. But there's boundaries big and small throughout the course of your day. So hopefully this will just bring some awareness to that. You can be a little more mindful of those boundaries and start to evaluate like, oh, that's a boundary. Maybe I should maybe I should set something firmer here. So hopefully this uh, conversation just brings some awareness to people and you can think about your boundaries and be a little more strategic about them going forward. Ooh. Love it. Anybody else, any thoughts, closing thoughts or words? Can I, can I just ask one question to Sarah real quick? Um, so Sarah, wh um, what do you think, do, do you think there are just benefits to your business, like to your business outcomes with boundaries outside of just like, I'm emotionally, I feel emotionally more, more free. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, I think I, I'm a productivity expert, right? So I really believe that when you have your boundaries in place, you can be your best self at the best time of day that you're your best self and you can produce your best work. So I really think that your business benefits, but so do your clients because when I'm saying I'm shutting my door, I'm going to work on something right now, the amount of quality content I can produce is exponential, right? So distractions just lead us to do less quality work with more mistakes. But when your boundaries are in place and they're good, you can really free up some good quality work time to, you know, we talk about deep work a lot. And I think that that's really important. And everybody that interacts with your business is going to benefit from you having the time to do that. I also think there's a direct revenue implication to it. If, yeah. if you think of your boundaries as a filter and as a way of establishing and defining what your priorities are, you're going to only be allowing in the people who are willing to work within those boundaries. And as a result, you're probably going to have clients that are more respectful of your time and your work product and will likely stay with you longer and allow you to do work that is your best work, which that best work then becomes portfolio work for you to do best work for other people. So you're, if you think of it as like a snowball rolling downhill, every time you have to stop because somebody didn't respect those boundaries and then you have to go and get a new client and kind of start over the biz dev process or whatever happens when your boundaries aren't respected, you can't really get into the rhythm that you can when you've established your best way of working. So I think there is a direct revenue implication in addition to the mental health benefits, in addition to the quality of work product that you can produce. I, I, I really do think of boundaries as a filter and as a way of telling the world what your priorities are. I love that.
And for me, I just, I cannot, you guys know I do all this like inner work and stuff. So I can't deny that part of this because I feel like at the root of it is us investigating what it is that I want and need to be my best self. And this is one of those things. And we have to ask those things of other people to create that environment. Um, and and for me personally, growing up, what I wanted and needed wasn't even, like, it was either a no or I couldn't get it. So I think that that affected um, how I pursued and got into business. Like I was saying yes to everything and yes, emails at 2 a.m. and all of the stuff that just really wears you down mentally. And of course, like, Jeff, you just mentioned revenue, like it just affects all of that. So um, I encourage everybody to um, certainly take the advice that's been shared today to reevaluate your own boundaries and ways that you can um, know that it's okay to ask for what you want and need. Like that's the biggest lesson for me is to know that I can ask for this <laughs> um, and, and I can get a yes back, which is like, you know, the cycle for me that uh, is being freed up because it wasn't always like that growing up. And I didn't realize that was like a pattern of mine subconsciously that just was on autopilot. So <laughs> it's always interesting to find out this stuff. But um, thank you all for joining us today, the Heroic Council. As we wrap up, I know we always swing it to the question of what you are into right now. So is anybody into anything that is exciting or fun or weird, quirky? Well, I have two that are boundary related. I don't know if they're fun, but they're fun for me. Um, the one is Boomerang for Gmail. So it's a plugin for Gmail and it allows you to write your email and schedule the time that it's going to send. So highly recommend that as an add-on app to your, to your Gmail. Um, the other is Calendly. And I think we've talked about this before, but I have uh, blocked certain amounts of time in my week that I'm doing certain initiatives. So one is like networking calls and I have a link from Calendly and people can book in, but that is a real tangible way that I set boundaries for when I'm going to do certain kinds of um, uh, calls, events, different things. So that's a really easy way to uh, set yourself some boundaries. You could do that this afternoon. So. Ooh, love it. Love it. Love it. So that's it. I forget how we close this out, but because uh, Jeff, Jeff always does it so well. So uh, Jeff, I'll let you close it out from here. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Heroic Council. On behalf of my co-council members, Tim Uli, Parshal Tashi, and Sarah O'Hannison, I'm Jeff Gibbard, and this has been another episode of the Heroic Council. Today, we covered boundaries. Uh, tune in next week, where we'll be covering Sarah. What are we covering? We are talking to Ashley Owens, who is awesome if you don't know her and we're gonna be talking about networking so Yo, that's a so much energy yeah bring have coffee before yeah. and during because it's yeah, gonna be a sure. high energy one it's gonna be crazy yeah so make sure to tune in you can always catch us uh pretty much to find everywhere where you can tune in whether it's podcast youtube facebook linkedin all the different places you can go to superheroinstitute.org slash heroic and uh that's the best place where you can find all the different places where you can uh you know, watch the show, tune into the show. I just put it on the screen. So if you're watching there, you can see it. Um, and we'll be back next week with another awesome episode of the Heroic Council with the heroes that are here. Thanks for tuning in. Love y'all. Peace. <laughs>